0: podcast, we've had 150 episodes in our cover-to-cover Bible course in simple words and word pictures. And we've had another 30 plus episodes where I dragged a magnet cover-to-cover over the 150 Bible episodes to see what I could pick up to answer some of my students' most pressing and prickly questions. Way back in episode one, I asked, why should we blow the dust off this big ancient book and read its contents anyway? In our last episode, 184, I spoke about what the Bible teaches about heaven and eternity. Start to finish, that pretty much covers it. So I think it's time to put a ribbon on it. A few days ago, I stumbled across a message I gave to my church that I had previously given in chapel to my students. As I listened to it, I thought, this would be a good way to tie the ribbon. It's called the story of Jesus. That's the story of the Bible, too. It's told in a way I doubt you've ever heard it told before. I want to give some credit here to Gary Stanley. Forty years ago, I listened to a message on tape where he gave the story of JC from the perspective of John the Cowboy. While the details of his story have faded, the impact it made on me has not. It seems a fitting way to end this Word Pictures series with a story. In the Gospel of John, John starts out, as we read responsibly this morning, that the world was made by him, Jesus, and for him, that he came to his own people, and they didn't receive him. They missed him, the rascals. That wouldn't have happened to us, would it have? Which got me to thinking this week, what if Jesus had not come 2,000 years ago, but 200 years ago? And what if he hadn't come to the... Middle East, but he'd come to the Midwest. Would it have been any different? Would he have been any different? Morning, folks. Your parson asked me this morning to tell you a little story. Where's my manners? My name's John. Most people call me Johnny. And I'm here this morning to uh, tell you my personal story about J.C. What, you never heard of J.C.? What, is this your first trip to Dodge? well, where do I start? How about at the beginning? That's a good place. It was Brandon Day on the old Double J Ranch. Me and my brother Jimmy, we was just ready to uh, put the old uh, Double J brand on that steers hide. When I heard this stranger come up and say, uh, Cowboys, follow me. Well, I turned around and I said, uh, follow you are, stranger, and do what? He says, I'm getting me a mess of boys, and we're just going to travel around. And I, I guess you could say, uh, we're going to put my brand on, men." Well, I didn't know what he was talking about exactly, but I could think of a couple boys I'd like to put a hot iron to right there and there. So me and Jimmy, we just dropped everything and lit off with him. Matter of fact, I'm not sure we untied that there calf. Wasn't no time at all before uh, there was a whole mess of us with old JC and a ragtag bunch of scallywags like that we was. You ain't never seen people like us unless you visit hangings or behind bars. Uh, there was a, let me see, there was Pistol. Well, his given name was Pete. But uh, J.C. named him Pistol, right, proper. You see, Pete had the fastest mouth in the West. One day, J.C. says, Hey, Pete, why don't you think about cocking the hammer on your brain before you shoot off your mouth? <laughs> and then he went, and it kind of stuck. We started calling him Pistol. Matter of fact, you could call Pistol without even saying his name. we just go, and he'd come running like your horse. Then there was uh, Tommy. What could you say about Tommy? Tommy couldn't see the good in nothing. You give Tommy a donut, he'd go, who ate the whole lot of it? (laughs) And then there was, of course, me and Jimmy. He called uh, Jimmy Thunder because he was so noisy, he called me Lightning because uh, everywhere I went, there seemed to show up fire. (laughs) Do I look like somebody you do something like that? Well, enough about us. This ain't about us. Oh, my, no, this is about J.C. Let me tell you about J.C. He's an ordinary man. I mean, common. He wouldn't stick out in a crowd of two. But he is strong. Wiry strong. Said his daddy was a blacksmith, taught him how to bend iron. Wouldn't want to arm wrestle him, unless you're fixing to have just one left. But on the inside, he is soft. I mean, he's like warm marshmallow. We went into town one day, and we went in to get us something to drink, to wet our whistles. I look around, and J.C. was nowhere to be found. You know where I found him? he was out on the street playing hop at his scotch with youngins. They's crawling on J.C. like flies on a carcass. The youngins love J.C. Town folks were pretty fond of him too because he is just so common like an old boot. Matter of fact, they was talking about making a mayor or sheriff, which didn't go over very big with the mayor and the sheriff. He was a God-fearing man too. One morning he gets up. He goes up, boys, I'm going to go into the little church and do a little worship and want to come with me. So we ride out with them. And when we get there, every hitching post is full. Horses everywhere. We walk into the church for a big worship time. And you never guess what we found when we got in there. They was having a poker game in there. Tables everywhere, parson standing over the main table, big smile on his face. We heard tell later that he got a piece of every pot, you know, money for the Lord's work. Well, old J.C. saw that and he just went off like a stick of dynamite. Boom! And he grabbed those boys by the horse collar and threw them out of that place. Now, I've been in a lot of fights, started some of them but I thought there'd be lead flying for certain. J.C. said something about his daddy's house, not for poker, but prayer. Got the parson, powerful mad. He found us later that day in the general store, had the sheriff with him. Sheriff was playing with his holster. He was powerful, edgy. Parson came up to J.C. and says, stranger, what you doing in town? State your business. J.C. says, uh, well, he says, I reckon, and then he uh, picked up his bar of live soap. He says, I reckon I came into town to clean you folks up on the inside. Why, well, the parson slapped that bar of soap out of his hand and says, We can clean ourselves up. Thank you. There's rumored that the sheriff was braiding a special rope for JC's neck. JC says, Boys, I. I reckon we stirred up a hornet's nest here. We should just maybe get out of town till things simmer down a bit. So we left town without our provisions. And we went out in the middle of nowhere. You been to Kansas? I mean, nowhere. I mean, if you got up on your tippy toes, you could see the end of the earth from there. No vittles, no critters. We got powerful hungry. We was sitting around the campfire eyeballing each other. Just about then, J.C. came into camp. He was carrying this little fawn over his shoulder that he'd shot and gut. Why, you ever smelled venison when you're powerful hungry over a fire? Gentlemen, can I get an amen? We was about ready to light on that thing when it was cooked. J.C. says, hold on, boys, one minute. Just hold on. Don't you think we ought to ask a blessing? So we took off our hats, and this is what he says. I remember it. He says, uh, he says Lord, Daddy. J.C. called him Lord, Daddy. I never heard a man call the good Lord, Lord, Daddy. But he says, uh, Lord, Daddy, he says, uh, you know I'm powerful sad that I had to kill this beautiful creator that you made, so innocent and all. But I did it so these boys would live. And I reckon you know that. And we thank you for it and bless your name. Well, we lit on that carcass like buzzards. And then I noticed J.C. wasn't among us. He's sitting over on a stump, a fur piece away. I walked over and said, J.C., if you don't get over here right now, you're going to get everything but nothing says, I'm not real hungry right now. Johnny kind of lost my appetite. He had this faraway look in his eyes. I said, what's wrong, JC? He says, uh, Johnny, someday you'll understand. In due time. Well, life out on that prairie, oh, that was something. Memories, Ooh, especially around the campfire. Isn't that the best time when you're out in the nowhere? And we told stories. Can you imagine us scallywags in our stories? Every once in a while, they'd tippy-toe up to the truth. But J.C., he could spin a yarn. Nobody could spin a yarn like old J.C. You want to hear one of his stories? Do you? Do you? My favorite. J.C. says, boys, there was this West Texas judge. He rode from town to town administering justice on horsey back. They called him the Hanging Judge. He's tough, but he's far. One day in this little West Texas town, the judge rode in, set up court, and they had just caught themselves someone rustling cattle in the very act. Just a youngin. The sheriff brought him before the Hanging Judge, and when the judge Saw the boy, he let out a gasp. When the boy saw the judge, the air went out of him and his head dropped. And the sheriff says, I reckon you know that's the hanging judge, huh, boy? And the boy says, that's my paw. I done run away when I was 14, broke his heart. Well, the sheriff, he wondered what the hanging judge would do now. The hanging judge heard the evidence and said, "Sharf, I just need a couple minutes to cipher. Then he takes out of his satchel a big old leather book and starts to page through it, looking and summarizing until he finds something, scribbles it on a note and shuts the book. He says, young man, you've been found guilty of rustling cattle. By the state of Texas, you're to be hanged and that's what shall happen. It'll hang and it'll be. Then he did something that they never heard he'd done before nor since. He stood up and took off his judge robe, and he walked down the stairs, and he stepped next to his youngin and said, Sharp, that there book up there, I got the reference. says there's been a case in the state of Texas where kin stood for kin. They took the hanging for their kin. I want to take the hanging from my boy. Why? Wow. You can imagine around that campfire, you could have heard a skeeter burp. <laughs> and then J.C. said something powerful, strange. He said, uh, "He said, boys, uh, I already done took off my robe. Now all that's left is the hanging. I said, J.C., what? He said, you'll understand in due time, Johnny boy. Well, one morning, it had been storming all night. I know I know you're going to tell my mama to wash my mouth out with soap because I'm lying, but I ain't. Storming all night, and I woke up to this terrible rumbling. It wasn't thunder. There were no buffalo stampeding in this area. I knew what it was. I could just see through the morning light. Devil's tongue. Twister, half mile wide, one more than two stone throws away, coming right down on us. And I panicked, and Tommy woke up, and he saw it, and he says, we're going to die, we're going to die. J.C., he looks up from his bedroll, gets out, walks toward that twister and says, skedaddle, go on, get, get. It skedaddled like a dog with his legs between, tail between his legs, it. Ran. Then J.C. turned around, walked back to his bedroom, and said, I reckon I'll get a few more winks, and went back to sleep. Well, pistol, right? He said it was our imagination. Something we had the night before? Tommy says, "Uh, just a coincidence. I just sat there looking at him the rest of the morning. This wasn't an ordinary man. A couple days later, these men came into our camp. They was riding like they just robbed a stagecoach. They said, is JC in this camp? He says, yeah, sure is. He says, JC, you got to come back to Dodge City. You got to come quick. He says, what's wrong? He says, it's Laz, your buddy Laz. He's been bushwhacked and gut shot, and he's in powerful bad shape. His kin is asking for you. J.C. said, well, I reckon Laz has got a few more days a living. And then he says, but right for now, he's pushing up daisies. Then J.C. went and saddled up his horse. And we says, J.C., if old Laz is pushing up daisies, No use going back there and getting your neck hung. J.C. says, "Uh, boys, a man's got to do what a man's got to do. And he rode off. Well, we just sat there all morning looking at each other. Until finally, Tommy says, well, if they're going to hang J.C., they're going to have to take Tommy out with them. You have ever been around, boys, when somebody dares you? Why? Before you know, we was all riding after J.C. like we just robbed a stagecoach. Caught him just outside Dodge. We got to Laz's house. Half the town was there. Oh, they loved old Laz, but he was gone, gone more most of a week. Well, there was all kinds of fussing and hugging and weeping between J.C. and his kin. Then he says, uh, where'd you bury old Laz? And they said, right up yonder. You see the fresh dirt under that tree? J.C. says, "Uh, I reckon I'll go up and have a little talk with old Laz. Well, I didn't quite like the way he said that. And I really didn't like it when we walked by the barn and he said, Johnny, grab the shovel. I said, J.C., you ain't gonna dig him up. He's been dead, pertinent a week he's going to smell like the south end of a northbound donkey. You can't dig him up. Then J.C. turned to me and he says, uh, Johnny boy, you ever thought that if I could ask Lord Daddy to give me the power to tail a tornado to skedaddle, I could ask him for the power to fetch a soul back? Hmm? Well, we walked up there together with the shovel and, a whole mess of his kin and the town folk. A few minutes later, we walked back down, plus one. Don't take my word for it, ask around. Well, for the next few days, something was wrong with J.C. I could tell he was pacing back and forth like a long-tailed cat in a room full of rocking chairs. Powerful, bothered. I said, what's wrong, J.C.? You're not yourself. says, Johnny, I got to go away soon. I got a job to do, and uh, it's bothering me, something fierce. I said, what is it, JC? Where, where are you going? He says, uh, he, he looked me right in the eyes. He says, Johnny, uh, I guess you could say I'm going to hell and back. I didn't know what he meant. I just knew something was burdening him right proper. Well, to make a long story short, One of us boys ratted him out to the sheriff. Sheriff got a posse, grabbed him in the night. Pistol tried to clear leather and shoot him, and old JC put his hand on his pistol. He said, Pistol, put it away. A man's got to do what a man's got to do. Well, we all run like schoolgirls chased by rattlers. I found myself in the livery stable, buried under hay, wondering what they was doing to J.C. I didn't have to wait long. By morning, I heard a ruckus in the street. I peeked through the hay out the door. I th- thought it was J.C. as his clothes. I tippy-toed down there as close as I could get. I'm telling you, I ain't, I ain't never seen a man beat like that, man. He looked like he'd been pistol-whipped and dragged through a field of cactus. But he looked up at me through puffy eyes and tried to smile, and he says, cowboy, follow me. I followed him all right, right up the boot hill. They hanged him between two horse thieves. But they couldn't hang him neat and quick, no. Parson talked him into putting a rope under his arms. He just sat there swinging in the breeze every time he breathed in the rope got a little tighter sheriff and his buddies <clears throat> deputies was gambling under the tree for the only thing J.C. owned worth anything in the world them boots they was special boots J.C. didn't say much guess he was suffering too bad he did say uh Lord daddy Forgive these folks they don't know what they're doing. And uh, a little later he says, uh, Johnny boy, find my mama and take care of her." I said, oh well, JC." Then he said, he said, "Lord Daddy, where is you?" And then took a deep breath and said, "I done it." And he is gone. Sheriff made sure. Took a six shooter and shot him right through the heart. Kind of an explanation point, I guess. And then they buried him up on Boot Hill and posted deputies. They didn't want the same thing to happen to JC as happened to all hmm? Well, Why are y'all looking so sad eyed and mushy mouthed? That ain't the end of the story. Why? day two later I don't know we's hiding in hay making our plans to escape one by one we heard this terrible ruckus in the streets I peeked out the hay mound door the deputies was running down from boot hill like they were being chased by the devil and I'm rubbing the sleep out of my eyes and the boys are rubbing their hair and the straw off of them when uh J.C. walked through the Hay mound door. No, I mean, he walked through the door. I mean, without opening it. <laughs> I nearly lost my bodily functions. And he just said, "Morning, boys." And we just said, "J.C. Ha!, well, ha." He says, "Boys." Don't you remember that fawn over my shoulder out there in the middle of nowhere? How that innocent thing gave up its life so we could live, and I said you'd understand in time. Don't you remember the story of the judge, and I said I done took off my robes, the hanging's coming. Don't, don't you remember old lads? And then I know this sounds strange, but as I look, from boy to boy to boy. Those following J.C., it was as if I could look right through them and I saw J.C.'s brand get sizzled on their hearts. Hmm? All but Tommy. He's over in the far corner just shaking his head. Can't be. I'm seeing things. Couldn't happen. Till J.C. says, Tommy, come over here. Well, Tommy tippy is over there kind of far away. He says, come over here closer, Tommy, so I can see you. Tommy tippy-toes like he's tippy-toeing up to an imaginary thing. Well, it wasn't imaginary for long. He says, Tommy, put your finger up like this. Tommy put his finger up. JC grabbed it and stuck it in a bullet hole. Tommy said he could feel his heart thumping in there. (laughs) It was a hoot. And then Tommy looked him in the eyes and said, Lord, Daddy. Well, two moons came and went. We was riding around with J.C., meeting the town's folks, saying goodbye to their kin, playing hoppity scotch with the young'uns on the street. Until one day on the trail, J.C. turns to us and says, Boys, I'm afraid to tell you this is where our trails part. I'm going to scout out some new territory. And when I'm done, I'll be back. He says, Pistol, you look after the boys, would you? He says, I sure will. And remember, yeah, I know, J.C. cock the hammer on my brain before I shoot off my mouth. Good boy. Then he turns to Tommy. He says, uh, Tommy, do you, do you trust me? Tommy says, you can bet your boots on it, J.C. J.C. says, I would if the sheriff wasn't wearing them. <laughs> and we all busted up. <laughs> J.C.'s a hoot. Then he turned to me. He says, Johnny, you know, I, I reckon you always did love me best. He says, uh, follow me. To hell and back, J.C., I'd follow you anyway. He says, no need, I've already been there. Then he rode off and just disappeared on the horizon. Now, I hear tell that your parson is fond of giving you some do's and don'ts at the end of his messages. So I'm going to do the same. First, don't take my word for it. Search it out for yourself. This story didn't happen in some cellar. There's hundreds and thousands of have seen it with their own eyes. Figure it out for yourself. Second, don't be a Tommy. Let him fill up that hole in your doubt. Can I ask you a question? Who but J.C. could... Brand pistols, heart, so that he'd have a cocked a hammer on his brain before he shot off his mouth. Usually, who who can take Tommy's donut and put the hole back in it? So that he'd call him Lord Daddy. And uh, who could take the fire from my hands? I'm a rascal and put it in my heart. He branded us for certain. The last thing I'd say is every time I give this story among good folks like you, I got people, young, old, youngins, them old as dirt, come up and say, I know you're going to think I'm stir-crazy, but while you was telling JC's story, I distinctly heard him say, Sally, or Bobby, or Andy, follow me. And if you heard that voice, I suggest you drop everything and do it. It's worth it. And others come up and say, you know what? I distinctly heard him say to me, like he said to Tommy, your trust you think you could notch it up just a stitch? And for the rest of us, well, I hope you do what I do. I keep my eyes on the horizon and I keep on following the best I can because right presently, I'm guessing, he'll be back. He will be back. Amen.